everyone, it's Leslie Ludi, host of the Set Apart Girl podcast, biblical encouragement for women of all ages. Today we're going to be tackling the subject of how to make prayer your highest priority, even when it seems unrealistic. Now with a title like Making Prayer Your Highest Priority, I know the temptation for many of us is to simply roll your eyes and say, that's not real world living, that's unrealistic. In modern times, our lives move so quickly. We have so many responsibilities, so many tasks, so many cares and burdens, things that we have to spend our time on or feel that we need to spend our time on. And spending extended time at the feet of Jesus doesn't often feel very realistic. In fact, if you go into Christian bookstores or you look at what's popular today, oftentimes it's very, very simple, short, bite-sized reading of scripture or you know, one paragraph devotional or one sentence of the Bible for our busy lives. The idea of just making truth and making time in the presence of God baked down into this really bite-sized, doable thing that would fit into our busy lives has become popular today. And it isn't very geared toward building our lives around Jesus Christ. We are very prone to just fitting him and time in his presence and time in his word and prayer, fitting those things into our lives rather than building our lives around those things. And we often justify this reasoning thinking, you know, surely God understands how much I'm juggling, how much I have on my plate, whether you're in school and you have a heavy class load, whether you have a demanding job, whether you're a mom of young children like I am. Believe me, I understand this struggle and I understand that temptation to justify away spending periods of really purposeful time in God's presence, thinking, you know, I'll just pray while I'm on the go. I really don't have time to stop what I'm doing and sit at the feet of Jesus. I can't make prayer my highest priority in this season of my life. And as a young mom, I've even talked with a lot of other moms who have basically come to the conclusion, you know, this isn't the season of my life when prayer can be a priority. I have to just sort of pray on the go, pray as I'm running my kids to soccer practice, but I I'm not able to really have extended quiet times or get into the word of God or spend time wrestling in prayer for victory in different areas of my life. Maybe when my kids are older, maybe when they're in school, maybe when they've finally left home, then I'll get back to making prayer my highest priority. And I learned something about this quite a few years ago now in my life that was really a game changer for me. It was a season in my life when we had four children ages four and under. Three of them were in diapers. So you can just imagine the chaotic atmosphere in our home. We had just started a Bible college and we're trying to get that up and going. We had a very full speaking schedule still where we were traveling around the country and a lot of things decided to go wrong in our life all at the same time. In addition to the pressures of having these four young children. And the youngest two were only seven months apart in age because we had adopted a little boy. And the day we brought him home as a newborn from the hospital, we found out that we were expecting another baby. And so seven months later, our daughter was born. So those two were really only uh, seven months apart. So it was like having twins almost. And just just all of the chaos that goes with four children, four and under. Around the same time, we had just moved into a house and the septic tank decided to back up on us. So we had 
a major flood in our basement. Everything was contaminated. We had to actually evacuate our house for two weeks. And these people had to come in with, you know, hazmat suits, basically, and kind of decontaminate our house. And our kids had gotten extremely sick from all the bacteria in the air. Three of them were on breathing treatments. Every couple hours, we had to put them on nebulizer treatments. At the same time, we were supposed to be traveling to these different events and speaking. I had gotten really sick. I remember one weekend in this time, Eric actually had to go to a women's conference and speak instead of me for the first night because I was just too sick to do it and my kids were too sick for me to leave them. And so he had to drive into this fancy women's event with you know tea and flowers and very, very feminine environment and a big sign that said, welcome Leslie Ludi. And he had to get up on stage and say, well, I'm not Leslie Ludi. <laughs> I'm going to speak to you anyway tonight. And it was a very stressful time. And I remember thinking, how can... I possibly make prayer a priority during a season like this. I mean, I feel like I'm burning the candle at both ends. I feel like every time I turn around, something stressful is happening in my life and there's so much chaos. How can prayer possibly be a priority? I'm actually just too busy to pray. And around that time, I heard someone say the phrase, I'm too busy not to pray. And that was a paradigm shift for me because I began to recognize how scriptural that statement is. We are too busy not to pray. Jesus says that if we seek first his kingdom, then everything else that we need in life will be given to us. Everything else in our life begins to work and begins to have strength when we seek first his kingdom, when we put heavenly things first, even when it seems impossible. And so in the midst of that chaotic season— I began to say, okay, Lord, whatever it takes, I'm going to make my time with you and wrestling in prayer for victory over all these challenges that we're facing in our life. I'm going to make that a priority. And it was difficult. We had to sometimes stay up late after the kids were in bed, even when we were tired. But we wrestled on our knees to see breakthroughs in these areas of our lives, in our health, in our just the logistics of daily life, in our finances, all the different things that were stressful and that we were struggling with. We began to really take before God an importunate prayer. And I found that as I made prayer a priority, whether it was, you know, when my kids were napping, steal away and pray, or after they went to bed at night, staying up with Eric to pray, or even while I was driving down the road and, and the car was quiet, just praying out loud, taking any and every opportunity that I had to make prayer a priority, it was incredible to see what happened. Everything else in my life just started to work. It wasn't that the challenges were any less. It wasn't that uh, the chaos necessarily went away. With four kids, four and under, there's always going to be that element of chaos. But I had strength for it. I had wisdom for each situation I was facing. I had a peace and a joy and a grace to walk through that season of my life that had not been there before. So I went from feeling completely overwhelmed, exhausted, stressed out, to feeling the grace of God lift me up and sustain me and strengthen me. And I look back at that time in my life as one of the most triumphant seasons of my life simply because I chose to make prayer a priority even when it felt impossible. Now, that doesn't mean I always had three or four hours at a time or at a stretch to pray. 
It doesn't mean that I never got any sleep or that I never took care of my own needs, but it meant that I did say no to certain things. I did say no to time on social media. I did say no to certain social activities. I did say no to, quote, me time, and I'll talk about that more in a little bit, in order to make a priority on God time. And as I began to purposely choose that time at Jesus' feet, everything turned around. I had grace, I had strength, I had joy, and I had peace, even in the midst of all of those trials. Spending time at the feet of Jesus is not meant to be something that we do out of duty or obligation. It's not supposed to be a legalistic formula where we say, well, I pray X amount of time every day, so that's what makes me spiritual. In, in reality, it's an invitation. It's an invitation to come into the presence of the Most High God and to partake of everything that he is, all of the strength and the grace and the joy and the victory and the life that he wants to pour into us. He is inviting us to a banquet table to come and partake of all that he is, and it's what gives us strength for everything else that we're facing in our lives. And I've heard people say, well, you know, I don't want to pray too much because I'm afraid that I'll start to think that that's where my righteousness comes from. And that's looking at prayer the wrong way. It's looking at it as a formula or a duty as opposed to what an amazing privilege if you had the king of the universe inviting you to dine with him at this incredible banquet table and giving you all of these amazing gifts why would we look at that as an obligation? It's an incredible privilege. And that's exactly what prayer and spending time in the presence of God is. The scripture where Jesus tells the parable of the man who gave the great supper in Luke 14, 16 through 20, really gives an incredible picture of this. He says, A certain man gave a great supper and invited many, and sent his servant at supper time to say to those who were invited, Come, for all things are now ready. But they all, with one accord, begin to make excuses. The first said to him, I have bought a piece of ground and I must go and see it. I asked you to have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen and I'm going to test them. I ask you to have me excused. Still another said, I have married a wife and therefore I cannot come. And that is a very convicting scripture because here is a man who has an incredible supper just waiting for his guests to partake of. And all of them feel that they have perfectly valid excuses for not coming. But in reality, that's all they are, are excuses. And so this parable causes me to ask the question, do I have, quote, valid excuses that are keeping me from the greatest privilege I will ever know, coming into the presence of my king each and every day and receiving all that he has for me? Because again, when we come to his banqueting table, we do receive strength for everything else we're called to do. And we need to be very watchful and very careful of thinking that we have valid reasons to keep us away from spending time in his presence. Valid reasons. Well, I'm raising these children. Will I have this job? Will I have this obligation over here to this person? He needs to be our highest priority. Not that we say no to those other things, but that is what gives us the fuel to do all of those other things for his glory. I know that people get a little bit defensive when I bring these things up. I remember one time posting something about making prayer our highest priority on a social media page, and she wrote something snarky like, sometimes we just need to let go of these unrealistic spiritual expectations and go take a nap. 
Well, it's true that God does lead us beside the still waters, and there are times when he does direct us, this is a time for you to sleep, this is a time for you to rest, but not as a substitute for time in his presence. Time in the presence of God is meant to be our lifeline, it's meant to be our anchor, it's meant to be our very strength. And when we start to roll our eyes at the idea and just say, well, it's just unrealistic, so I'm not going to do it, we're cutting off our own feet, basically. We're, we're sapping our own strength. And so be watchful of being defensive and thinking this is unrealistic. This is, this is what you have to have in order to live the life of victory and triumph that God has called you to, no matter what circumstances circumstances you're facing in your life. One of the most important principles that has helped me as I've been raising my children, now we have six children, so life hasn't necessarily gotten less chaotic or slower for me since that time when we had four kids, four and under. In fact, if anything, I feel like it's gotten fuller and there's been more added to my plate. And one of the things that you will often hear, especially as a young mom, is that, oh, it's so important to protect your me time. And in fact, I remember running into a young mom that I knew Uh, in a store one time and just asking her what she was up to. And she said, well, I have to have me time every week because I have these three or four young kids at home. I can't remember how many children she had, but three or four little kids at home. And I just have to get away and have me time. So twice a week, I just go shopping and I go out to a movie and I just kind of go do whatever I want. And that's a very common mentality that if we don't get our me time, that we can't be a good mom. Or if we don't get our me time, we can't be good at anything else that we're called to do. But I have learned that what's important in my life isn't necessarily me time, but God time. And if you look at the life of Jesus, he had a more demanding earthly ministry than anything any of us can ever imagine. And if you look at what he did when he needed to be refreshed, when he needed to be refueled, he didn't just go off and have me time and do whatever he felt like doing. He went into the presence of the Father. And Mark 1, 32 through 35 gives a detailed indication of a very, very full snapshot of Jesus's earthly ministry and then what he did to refuel afterwards. It says, at evening when the sun had set, they brought to him all who were sick and those who were demon possessed and the whole city gathered together at the door. Then he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. Now, I don't know about you, but that sounds like a pretty full ministry schedule. Uh, the whole city is gathering to hear him and to be healed by him. And it says that in the morning, having risen up a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. What an incredible picture of knowing exactly where he needed to go for the strength, for the clarity, for the perspective, for the grace that he needed to what the Father had called him to do. And he has left us an example that we would follow in his steps. There's another time right after the feeding of the 5,000, which again was a very incredible feat that he accomplished. Mark 6, 46 says, when he had sent the multitudes away, he departed to a mountain to pray. So it's incredible to see that even Jesus took time away to refuel and refresh, and he did it by spending time in the presence of the Father and to pray and to commune with his heavenly Father. And so not that we don't ever take care of our personal needs. It's not necessarily wrong to go out and have some time to yourself, go do something fun. But a lot of times I find that we as women tend to put that as an even higher priority than time in the presence of God, thinking, well, time in the presence of God isn't 
isn't realistic, but I have to have my me time. You know, I have to go shopping. I have to go spend two hours on social media. I have to go to the spa. I have to go sit in front of a movie two or three times a week in order to have the strength that I need. God will understand I don't have time to pray. And that's completely backwards reasoning. When we make prayer our highest priority, that's when we have what we need for everything else we're called to do. This might mean making some sacrifices. It might mean getting up extra early. It might mean saying no to all those hours that you're spending on social media. It could be stealing away while your kids are napping and instead of just browsing Instagram or Pinterest or Facebook, using those hours more purposely to be in the presence of God. It might mean deliberately turning off your devices, putting your devices down in order to make prayer a priority. One of the biggest distractions that most of us face is the fact that the minute we sit down or get on our knees to pray, we're hearing a ding, we're seeing a text. There's so much noise that comes from all of our devices and sometimes we just need to put those devices in their proper place in order to make prayer a priority. It might mean saying no to even social gatherings for a season or at least cutting back on those things, all those coffee dates with friends, all those long phone chats where you have to process everything with your girlfriends or you know post everything you're thinking and feeling on Facebook. Instead, take those cares and those concerns to the feet of Jesus. You will find so much more fulfillment and grace and strength and perspective and clarity by taking your cares to the feet of Jesus than having to dump them out on social media or talk to your girlfriend about them for two or three hours. Maybe it's praying in the car while you're driving around. Some of us have hours that we spend in the car every week driving to and from work or taking our kids various places. I like using car time to either pray or to listen to scripture, but to use that time purposely so we're not just sort of mindlessly thinking about whatever or just listening to music, but to really use that time to commune with the Father. God will show you very specifically if you take this area of your life to him and say, Lord, how can I make prayer a priority? Because everyone's life is different and can't be made into a formula. I can't tell you in this podcast, well, get up at this time every day and spend this amount of time in prayer. It's going to look different depending on the season of life that you're in. The main thing that's important is the condition of your heart. Are you willing to make this your highest priority? Do you see it as the honor and the privilege that it is? Do you realize that the king of the universe is inviting you to his banqueting table? Or are you letting those, quote, valid excuses keep you away from that incredible privilege? So a few final thoughts that I want to share with you. John Wesley, one of the great preachers and ministers in history, had a couple incredible examples when it came to making prayer a priority. He's known to have written these words, I have so many things to do today that I must spend several hours in prayer before I am able to do them. What an incredible thought. Now, it doesn't mean that every single day we can't do anything until we've spent several hours in prayer, but he had such an incredible perspective that he would be so much more effective at his tasks, so much more anointed by God to do to live out his calling if he spent those hours in prayer first. And that is the attitude that we need to have as we tackle all these different things that are before us in our lives. There's another story about John Wesley when he went to visit one of the most powerful men in England, whose name was Lord Byron. And after a a fairly short visit, he stood up to leave. And Lord Byron was surprised because people had waited months to get in to see Lord Byron. He was a, a very powerful man. And John Wesley was sort of like, okay, 
this is nice to meet you now. I need to go. And Lord Byron said, why are you leaving? And John Wesley said, I have an appointment with the king of the universe, and I dare not be late, and I dare not be tired. What an incredible vision to see that our time in the presence of the king, the king of all kings, is the most valuable audience we could ever have. And it's so much greater of a privilege than even meeting with the most powerful man in our day or the most powerful woman in our day. So do we have that attitude toward coming into the presence of our king each and every day? When we realize what he is inviting us to, what he is giving us the privilege of participating in, then honestly, we would be fools to say, I ask you to have me excused. Let's never forget that the truest source of all our hope, strength, peace, and fulfillment comes from sitting at his feet and hearing his word just as Mary did. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. For more on this subject, go to setapartgirl.com and especially look at our store and the books The Set Apart Woman and our book Wrestling Prayer. I'll also be going deeper into this topic at our upcoming Set Apart Girl conference May 26th and 27th. So go to our website setapartgirl.com for more details. I pray you have a blessed and Christ-centered week.